On that note, let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. Uh, we're going to look at uh, verses 21 through 26. Uh, page 810 in your pew Bibles, if you don't have a Bible and you'd like to follow along. And uh, we'll pretty much stay right here uh, after flipping through the uh, Bible last week. Uh, it's good to just stay in one spot and not have to flip. Uh, so let's, uh, let's read verses 21 and following. It says, If you have heard what it was said of those of old, that you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, and whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hellfire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser uh, while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, uh, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Let's pray. Father, we love you and thank you, Lord, that, uh, that you are the remedy uh, to our heart's problem. Uh, Father, that you have told us specifically, uh, Lord, that we are wicked at heart, a sinner from birth, a sin nature that pumps wickedness and iniquity into the world around us. But you, Lord, by your grace and forgiveness, has granted us forgiveness, has restored our heart, have taken out the heart of stone and replaced it with a heart of flesh, given us your word written upon it, placed your spirit in our hearts and caused us to obey your word. And we are grateful for what Christ has accomplished. Use your word today, Father, to transform us from the inside out, that we may bring worship, praise, and honor to your name. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Uh, just a couple of notes from last week. Uh, remember uh, that uh, Jesus' purpose here, uh, or Jesus' words here, there in verse 21, that you have heard that it was said of those of old, uh, is not talking about scriptures and not talking about the law. When Jesus talks about scriptures or the law, he says, as it is written, or he says, as Moses said. Uh, so I paraphrase last year, excuse me, last week, uh, that it should be that you have heard what your teachers have said at old, but I now say to you, or all of your teachers were wrong about this in the past, and I'm about to set the record straight. So Jesus is setting the record straight from the teaching of the uh, Pharisees and the ones who came before them that have gotten it wrong. We talked about the heart, that God wants to heal the heart, uh, and the definition of heart that we gave last week is that the heart, according to the Bible, is man's spiritual makeup. It is who he really is. It is the place where emotions and desires begin. Uh, it is that which drives the will of man towards his actions. Uh, the heart of man, as described in the Bible, is primarily a spiritual organ that drives man's behavior, drives man's behavior. Uh, there are a lot of similar phrases that I think that we can use when it deals with the heart. And we can look at law and grace, spirit and flesh, outward appearance and inward, uh, worshiping spirit and the truth, walking by sight and not by faith. All of that uh, has uh, uh, some connotations towards uh, walking by outward appearance and actually walking by 
your, your heart by your very being, by who you are. Uh, so when we, we enter into this, uh, we want to see uh, Jesus' correction of the Pharisees, that he's trying to correct the heart, not just the outward appearance of things. And the first thing that I want you to see is that the Pharisees got it right there in verse 21. You have heard that it was said of old that you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable of judgment. That is absolutely 100% correct. If you murder, uh, then you desire justice. But, the, <clears throat> but uh, even if you don't know time, and uh, every time somebody asks you what time it is, you just said 2 o'clock, well, you're going to be right two times a day. Uh, so they were right at this particular instance. But this is natural theology or looking at the world naturally. And what I mean by that is that this term is used for an attempt to prove divine purpose through observation of the natural and the use of human reason, not using uh, scriptures. If you, if you know the Pharisees and know about fence laws, uh, they had so many laws to keep them from breaking the law of God, that the law of God no longer meant anything. And so they were just using the natural ability and their reasoning uh, to, to correct everybody in the church to make sure that they don't uh, break God's law. Uh, this is a universal belief in every pagan society. Uh, everybody believes that it is wrong to take, uh, to take somebody's life. Whether you're pagan, unbelievers, atheists, Christians, all believe that if you kill somebody that you are deserved the consequences of uh, jail time or even some life for a life and uh, believe in the capital in capital punishment uh, punishment even if you think of abortion uh, even uh, uh, abortions uh, uh, people who believe in abortion uh, believe that if you that if you kill somebody that you are deserving of, of punishment and death uh, they can't refute that so what they do in, instead of trying to refute uh, that killing an unborn child is murder, what they do is try to prove that the, that the child is not a human being because if the child is not a human now, then it's not murder, and so now there's no consequences. And so, and so even in the, in the mind of a person who believes that abortion is okay, they believe that if you take human life, you deserve punishment, and so let's just change the definition of human life. That's what they're doing. But they still believe that if you take life that you're deserving a punishment, uh, just take their life or take a family member of, of that particular person's life and they're going to want punishment they're going to want uh, they're going to want justice so we innately believe that human life is higher is a higher life form we just believe that we're made in the image of god everybody believes that we are uh, the, the the highest life here on earth in other words um nobody wants to punish anybody for killing the grass when they mow the lawn right because it's just a low lower life right no nobody uh, gets mad or, or calls the police or wants a judge to come to our covered dishes because we have Boston butt, right? It, it just doesn't happen, right? Nobody thinks there's any problem with going down here to Kroger and buying some chicken parts, right? But we'd all find a problem with it if we went down there and we were buying human parts, right? Because, because we're made in God's image. Everybody knows that. Everybody realizes that, that, uh, that we have uh, uh, higher expectations. We have a we have a, 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 a bigger responsibility to morality and ethics and right and wrong. We all uh, believe that. Uh, people just know that we are different. We are made in the image of God. And they might not phrase it that way, uh, but the way that they act and the way that they perform in all societies, they believe that, that we have a higher responsibility. Uh, they don't hold uh, 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 lions responsible for killing prey in the, in the, in the jungle because... 
they don't have a judicial system. We don't take them before the courts. Why? Because they're not made in the image of God. We are. Again, they might not phrase it that way, but that's what, the way that we act, and that's the way that we believe. So in a natural way, in accordance with the rest of humanity, the Pharisees were right. Murder requires a, pu a punishment. So Pharisees were somewhat of religious police officers. They did not show up on the scene asking heart questions. Right? The only thing that they were concerned about, there's a law, there's a lawbreaker, let's punish them. That's what it boiled down to. They were, they were police officers. So we need to be very careful because I love church membership. I love during the Christian life together with you. I want your accountability and I want to offer accountability, but we need to be careful that we are not just shepherding each other's outward appearance or our outward law breaking. We need to be warned about being spiritual police officers, but on the other side of that, I think that we need to be warned that it's not, the Bible does not say, judge not lest you be judged. Right? It says that we need to judge correctly or we do not need to condemn each other. Listen, if you're seeking holiness and I'm seeking holiness, in Matthew chapter 7, uh, where it does say, judge not lest you be judged, it goes on to say that we need to take the plank out of our own, own eye. And the way that I see that is that my, my plank is, is also my splinter and your splinter is also your plank. And I'm able to see your plank as a little splinter and I'm not able to see my own. So you see my sins more clear than I see my own. And I see your sins a little bit clearer than you see your own. If we're walking in holiness and we're seeking to become Christ-like, then I want to embrace that feedback that you, that you have. I, I want to hear what you have to say. I want you to observe my life, not to condemn me, but for us to walk in holiness as a church, to help one another to remove these inner sins that we may not notice, that we may not recognize. And it's so easy to pass over. You know, the Bible says to love others as we love ourselves. Think about how quickly we are to pass over our own sins and how less quickly we are to pass over other people's sins. Right? And, and so we need, we need that feedback. We, need, we don't want to be spiritual police officers, but we don't want to say, judge not lest you be judged. Listen, the very idea that what you do in your house does not affect me is just wrong. And I can prove it. I just got COVID a year ago, and some of y'all have COVID. You know why? Because there was a scientist in Wuhan, China, that got it all started. So what they were doing in their lab affected me. Right? So what you do behind your closed doors does affect me. Right? The, 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 the leaven that is still here in the church does affect the church. It puffs it up. Right? If, 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 we, if we overlook and, and neglect all sin and we just don't hold each other accountable, and we just let everybody go, we're all going to get puffed up and prideful in our sin. And we're going to do it boastfully. And we're going to do it willingly. And we're going to do it with great pride because we're not, we don't have to worry about what everybody else says. So there has to be that balance between being a Pharisee police officer uh, coming in looking for lawbreakers so that you can punish them and those who say, well, it doesn't matter. We should just overlook everything. And in this world where love seems to be the highest thing about God and we just ignore his... his his justice, it's hard for us to think that really holding one another accountable in our sin is really an act of love. Telling somebody the, what the Bible says about your sin is love, and that's contrary to what the world sees it. 
But, but love without truth is not love, right? If, if I'm out there jumping in, in the middle of the road trying to stop you because the bridge is out down the street, now you might look at it, that guy's crazy. I'm not stopping for it going by me. Uh, it might look that it's, not, that it's not love, but once you get to that bridge, you'll be like, oh, he was really loving me in doing that, trying to stop me from going over that, going over that bridge. And sometimes that's how we interpret it in the church. We say, he doesn't love me. He's pointing out this sin. Well, what about, well, I do love you. I want you, to, I want you to walk with Christ. I want you to achieve holiness in this life. And I want you to do the same for me. Uh, so we don't want to be pharisaical police officers, but we want to be kind and loving towards each other and holding one another accountable. Well, uh, the, the problem is they got it right, but, the, but they didn't go deep enough. Verse, verse, uh, verse 22. It says, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to judgment or to the council, and whoever says the fool, you will be liable to the hellfire, will be li liable to hellfire. Uh, I, I like how Jesus witnesses at times. Uh, Jesus allows the person to have his thought. He allows them to have, okay, it, it, the Bible does say if, if you murder, then, then you need to be judged. That's not wrong. I'll let you have that thought. You were right on that point. However, let me use, you, let, let me, let me use that thought that you have and, and let me take you here, because this is where you need to be. You got that one right, but you're not far enough. You need to be over here. And Jesus does that uh, really well. Uh, Jesus said uh, that the old school Pharisaic thought that murder deserved punishment was right. But then he said, I say to you, anger deserves judgment, insult deserves the counsel, and character assassination deserves hellfire. Okay, so he talks about anger, insults, and, uh, and uh, character assass uh, assassination. Uh, the word is, is, is raka in some translations, uh, and, it, and, it, and it doesn't have a word that translates very uh, good over to uh, English. Um, and so some, some just uses that word and brings it over. Uh, but basically, it just, just means character assassination. It's a little bit worse than an insult. It's, it's degrading the image of God in another person. It's, it, it's, it's cursing them, right? The Bible said, uh, if you obey God, if you walk in accordance with him, if you accept Jesus Christ, you will be blessed, and if you don't, you're cursed, right? And so if we, if we curse somebody when we're supposed to be blessing them, then we're, then we're defaming or desecrating the, the image of God and man, and that's, and that's very important. Uh, no, no matter what you believe about uh, abortion or racism or whatever, uh, the bottom line is, it doesn't matter the color of your skin, you bear the image of God. And, that's what is, and that is what is important. right? When it comes to, to, to killing anybody, not just the unborn baby, but killing anybody, the reason why we don't do that is because you're killing an image bearer of God. Well, when you curse that person, when you defame that person, when you desecrate that person, you also are destroying by word the image bearer. You're, you're destroying by word uh, the image of God that is, that is in that particular person, that particular uh, individual. Uh, there are two things here uh, worthy of mentioning. First, that Jesus is saying that God looks on the heart, and if the Jews judge, if the Jews' judges could see the heart, they would then come to the same conclusion that they did with the outward act of, of, of murder. See? 
uh, the Bible says that, uh, that you know a person by its fruit. And, and being a fruit inspector is real easy. If you, if you bring me bark, if you bring me a piece of pine uh, bark, I can, I can probably guess that tree. Uh, if you bring me any other bark, I, I probably can't guess the tree. I can guess and I might get it right, uh, but, I, but I can't. But if you, if you bring me fruit, I guarantee I can nail it 100% of the time. Every single time. You bring me an apple, I know that's from an apple tree. Right? You bring me a grape, I know that comes from grapevines. Every, every single time it says that you know the fruit, uh, the fruit is connected to the, to the root, right? So if the fruit is bad, then the root of the tree is bad, and that's the point. When we see the fruit, we don't want to just say, oh, this is a bad fruit, pull it off and throw it away. No, we want to understand that that fruit comes from the root, that root is your heart that is producing this fruit, and that's what we want to, that's what we want to get, get back to. So if the, if, if, the, if the Pharisees could see the heart, if they could understand, that's why when you go before the courts and you have lawyers and you know, they're stating your case, and they're always saying, well, well, he might, not be good, he might not be guilty of murder if this was his motive. He might not be guilty of murder if this is actually what occurred and what was happening. Right? If this was self-defense, well, then that wouldn't be murder. Right? And so they're always trying to get back to the root, get back to the heart. They're trying to examine it. We can't see it, but they're trying, to, they're trying the best that we can in our court system uh, to, uh, to get to that point. So secondly, from a biblical argument, Jesus is teaching the sinful heart of the sin nature has within it the seed of murder that iniquity is able to grab and begin dragging you away. The heart is stirred by some situation. The emotions and passions are aroused in anger. Left unchecked, it could become thoughts and attitude. This is then turned into verbal insult, uh, insults, but it can escalate from there into defamation of character or character assassination, and then it can escalate further even into murder. Right? And so what we want to do is we want to stop the blood flow from the heart so that it is not feeding that sin so that it doesn't escalate to that point. So we want to take every thought captive to the word of God. Jesus is saying that, uh, that you are destroying the image of God by murder, but you can also defame it by anger and character assassination. Uh, we are to be image bearers of Jesus Christ, but anger, listen, anger some anger, I should say, but anger, insults, defamation of character, and murder, all of those does not bear the image of Christ, but it bears the image of Satan. It bears, bears the image of the devil. Now remember the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law was to reveal the sinful heart. It wasn't ten things that we needed to do outwardly so we can enter into, uh, so we can have eternal life. The purpose of the law was to expose the heart, to tell us who we really are, that we do have this sin-sick heart, this sinful, this sinful nature. So the, the Pharisees were using it wrong uh, uh, by using it as 10 steps to get to heaven or 10 ways to, to have a good life here on earth kind of a thing. Um, so what does, not mother, what does murder prove to us? Well, it proves that we're sinners. What does anger prove to us? It just proves that we're sinners. What does our insults prove to us? Well, it proves that we're sinners and we have a sin nature. Uh, what does our character assassination uh, uh, 
uh, reveal to us, it reveals that we have a sin nature, that, that we have a, a wicked heart. Do not just want to stop everybody from murdering because we need our heart to be healed by the grace of God. We do not want to fight over the outward stuff. We want to get to the heart of the matter. We need to get... Uh, let's see, I jumped ahead of myself. Um, I don't want to pass this up. I, I wish I had a, my, my orange. Uh, but, but if I had an orange and I had a syringe and that syringe was filled with ink and I stuck it into the orange and I pushed it all into the orange. If I came over to you and I squeezed it over your head or your nice white shirt, what would come out? Ink. What is the principle? When you're squeezed, whatever is on the inside is coming out. That's a good thing to remember. Why does all that stuff come out of you? Because it's in you. The law exposes it. Trials exposes it. Difficulties exposes it. And all of that is a grace from God to get us to evaluate what is on the inside. Whatever is pouring out of our mouth, whatever is pouring out of our life, it points back to what's on the inside. And that's what's most important. Now, I told you last week, uh, I don't like what's on the inside coming out. And when somebody sees it and it's exposing it, I try to cover it up quickly. And I usually cover it up by pointing out something about you. So my wife comes to me and says, honey, I didn't like that you did that. I'll say, what? Well, what about what you did? And I didn't stop to think, well, what is that that's coming out of me and deal with that first? And then maybe say, well, honey, what about this? And then have her kindly say, you know, that came out of me too, and I need to evaluate that as well. Can you imagine marriages and churches if that's how we responded? Can you imagine that? Being real with what is coming out of us and solving that issue first. And then perhaps, after you get the plank out of your own eye, then help your spouse, then help your fellow church member to say, okay, I dealt with that, I'm wrong. I said, but we also need to deal with how you responded to me as well. Because the same thing that come pouring out of me, I saw come pouring out of you. I have ink in my orange, and I see some ink in your orange. And I don't want that to spew all over me, and I don't want mine to spew all over you. And so I just want to make this right. Okay, so we do not just want to stop everybody from murdering. We want, to get to the, uh, we want our hearts to be healed by the grace of God. We do not want to fight over the outward stuff. We want to get to the heart. We need to get all the ink out of out. So it will not stain the white shirt when we are squeezed or our white robes of righteousness. Then it says in verse 23 and 24 that the Pharisees did not worship God, did not worship God. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go first and be reconciled to your brother and then come back and offer your gift or then come back and worship. God's wrath abides on truth suppressors. While we were enemies of God, Jesus Christ died for us. He reconciled us to God, and then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's what should have. The Bible says, remember, blessed are the peacemakers. Back in our Beatitudes, blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. 
Blessed are the peacemakers. The ministry of reconciliation is peacemakers. That's what we need to be about. Right? When we are peacemakers, sometimes that brings reviling and nasty words against us and things like that. Why? Because we don't like our ink exposed. And when somebody exposes our ink, we like to throw the ink back on them and they like to throw ink on us. Right? But we need to be, we need to be uh, making peace with one another, reconciling with one another. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18 uh, is the, excuse me, the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus confronts the, the Pharisees concerning this ministry. They should be examining their hearts and reconciling to their defenders, offenders. Right? If, 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 if we're not reconciling, if we're not reconciling, then we're not worshiping God when we come here on Sunday morning. If we have a bunch of sin, if we have a bunch of animosity with, towards other people, and we're, we're living in sin habitually and we're not reconciling to God and reconciling to one another, God's not satisfied with that worship. Right? He, if we're going to see God, if we're going to approach God, then we have to have clean hands and a pure heart. And if we don't have a pure heart, we're not approaching God. That's why it's so important. Jesus, Jesus Christ has... has uh, uh, well, here, they go. do you think... A group of murderers bring glory and honor to God? Absolutely not. So it is wise not to murder. But Jesus is saying, just like killing a man with a gun does not glorify God, neither does anger, insults, and character assassination glorify God. We point the finger at the abortion clinics and, and, and the women who have abortion, but we abort the image of God in our conversation destroying image bearers by the words and comments that we make because our anger is stirred. And we, and we just walk through it like it's no big deal to God or, or no good deal to anybody else. Why? Because we can usually hide things under our skin that people can't see. And that's why you have to examine yourself and you have to learn, learn, use the word to discern and examine your life. So Jesus Christ called us to bear his image, Jesus calls us to be in one accord with him and his word. And when we are not, then we are at odds with God and his word. And we bear the image of Satan and we are, and we are in one accord with him. Listen, when we have the Lord's Supper, um, when I challenge unbelievers or discuss whether unbelievers should join, uh, join in with, this, with the Lord's Supper celebration, I believe in the Lord's Supper celebration, uh, what we are doing in breaking bread together is that we are in public testifying that I am in good fellowship with God and I am in good fellowship with the local body of believers. And if both of those are true, then you can take of the Lord's Supper. If it's not, you need to sit the Lord's Supper down and you need to go reconcile with whoever is the person that came to mind when you came here to celebrate the Lord's Supper. You need to recognize that we need to be about the ministry of reconciliation and make that right first and then come together in fellowship around the Lord's table. All right, we tell our spouse or we tell the people that we love, I love you from the bottom of, our, of my heart. And God wants the same kind of love showed towards him. He wants us to love him with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our soul. To do that, we need to ask God, as David did in Psalm 51, God, you desire truth in the inward parts. That's so key in our repentance, in our confession, 
we have to be true. We have to be in accordance with God's word. We have to be true in our inward part, in our hearts. I can't see your heart. We can't evaluate our own heart. And so we have to accept exactly what the word of God says to our heart. God desires truth in the inward parts. And we have to be real. If God says something in his word and it's not true in our hearts, we need to make it right. And if we don't make it right, don't think that you're sitting here worshiping God. Because we're about the ministry of reconciliation. We're about making things right. Listen, it is important that we do not murder because God said that we need clean hands in Psalm 24, 4. But we don't need to stop there because we need clean hands and a pure heart. Listen, if I have heart disease, I can wash my hands all day long and it will do nothing for my heart disease. All day long. Washing hands will not cure somebody that has heart disease. You need to deal with the disease that's in the heart. That's what it's saying. The word of God is not hard to understand. The word of God is hard to listen to obey. But it's not hard to understand. God doesn't want us to solve a heart issue by washing hands. He wants us to wash our hands. But he also wants the truth in the inward parts. He wants us to get right with him in our, in our hearts. If we, uh, if we have a heart disease, then washing hands will not do anything to cure the disease. We must seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. How do we worship God in spirit and in truth? We don't worship God by not murdering unless we have a clean heart. God desires truth in the inward parts. What is our inward parts? Our heart. What is it talking about? The spirit. Well, the spirit is the heart. It is who we are spiritually. It is our very being. It's what we are. It's who we are, right? And we are to worship him in spirit and in truth, truth in our inward heart. That's how we worship God. It's, it's, it's most important on Sunday mornings or any other morning, but Sunday morning most specifically, when we're worshiping God, we worship God from the heart, from our spirit, from our inner being, and we worship him by having truth in our inner being. It starts there. Okay, now you need to, now you need to pray for me a little bit. Uh, because I'm going to use this as an illustration, and this might, this might offend somebody, but I, I really think it'll get to the point if you just hold on to it to the very end. I'm going to use Ahmaud Arbery, the McMichaels, and Mr. Bryan as an example. If you understand the situation, Ahmaud uh, Arbery was, was murdered, uh, claimed that he was jogging down the road. Uh, the McMichaels, father, son, uh, were in a truck, following him through the road, uh, down the road. Uh, Mr. Bryan was following in tow with a cell phone, recording everything. Ahmaud Arbery ran around the truck, tackled the son or, or wrestled with the son to try to get his gun. Uh, the son, McMichael, uh, got the gun, turned and fired and hit Ahmaud Arbery and, and, and killed him. And so in, in evaluating that particular situation, what the jury does is try to find out what was the motive. You know, if you, if you, if you uh, are, are guilty of murder, then you pre-planned it. Then, then you had the motive from the beginning. You had the hatred in your heart. and You, you, you set out to hunt this person down and, and, and to kill him. Well, was that the, was, was, was that the motive? Was that, the, was, was that what was taking place? Uh, did, did, were they really hunting Ahmad Ar, uh, Ar, uh, Arbery 
uh, to, uh, to kill me? Did, did Mr. Bryant, did he set out, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go kill this person, let me grab my cell phone, and we're going we're gonna to go. Uh, were, were they just making a citizen's arrest? What would happen if Arbery just kept on walking and went on pass and went on home? Would, would the uh, McMichaels kill them? Would they have shot them there in the streets? Or would they just continue to follow him? And then when the police showed up, said, hey, I got him. We follow him. He's in this house. He went into this building. Please come here and arrest him or whatever, whatever the case may be. We, we, we don't really know. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tell you that we don't really know in any situation because we don't know the heart of the matter. We're just evaluating the outward appearance of things. We have judges and juries wrestling back and forth to say, well, this person was self-defense and you know, this was their motive and this is what, and on, on and on and on. And we try to look at it the best that we can. And there's a lot of people in prison. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people in prison that probably shouldn't be there because of the inadequacy of our justice. And when that occurs, we just have to thank the Lord that one day he's going to be the judge. And it's going to be perfect justice. justice. Amen. Uh, but but in, in light of that situation, I want to do several things. First of all, I want you to be aware of your own sinful nature. Be aware of the iniquity that can carry you away so quickly. Think about that situation. Do you think they're sitting in prison right now and they're going, how did that happen? Man, it just happened so quickly. Man, it just, I, it just care, I got carried away in the emotions and the situation and bam, this happened. Can you imagine if they were slow to respond, just allowed the police to handle the situation, call them and just leave themselves out of it? Think about how quickly it escalated. And that's a warning to you and me. Think of how, about how quickly things can escalate and get out of hand. And guess what? Satan is seeking who he can destroy. Iniquity is waiting to grab you by your anger and drag you into a terrible situation. And, I, and that's what happened in that situation. But here's what I want you to see. <clears throat> Remove in your minds the fact that the Michaels killed Arbery. That didn't happen. Just pretend that didn't happen. The only thing that we have on cell phone is Arbery laying in the streets, or on the video, he's laying in the streets. Pretend that, pretend that, he, wasn't sh that he wasn't shot, but he was knocked down and he was laying there. And then the son used the N-word and called him a name. You know, in God's sight, that's murder. In God's sight, is deserving of a hellfire. Listen, if, if you are judging a human being by the color of their skin, you're guilty of murder, just like, just like the McMichaels. The color of your skin has nothing to do with the image of God. We are image bearers. Everyone in here is image bearers of Jesus Christ. And if you defame a person by their outward appearance, you are in a character assassinator, guilty of character assassination, and guilty of hellfire. Every idle word that comes out of your mouth will be judged by God. Something as simple as, you fool! You're guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. Think about what it says in verse 25 and 26. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, 
lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. When you went to court back in those days, you could bring your accuser with you. When you bring your accuser with her, it says, listen, settle it on your way to court. Because once you get to court and the king is involved and he makes his decision, there's no turning back. There's nothing that you can do. Once you get to court and he says, you're guilty, he calls the guard to put handcuffs on you. He drags you to the, to the, to the, to the prison and you pay the penalty for your sin. Listen, whether you're guilty or not. No, no, matter, no matter what your opinion is about the McMichaels and the Arbery case, you might think that the McMichaels were innocent and it was self-defense. They should have resolved that issue before it got to that point because once the judge made the decision, he called the guards, they put handcuffs on them, sent them to court, and he's going to do, he's going to do his time. This, call, this, this carries right over to the judgment seat of Christ. You're going to have to deal with the accuser long before that day. And let me tell you something. If you don't reconcile before that day, and Jesus Christ says you're guilty, he summons the angels to handcuff you and send you to hell, you're going to pay the full penalty of your sin. And that should make us all shudder. That should make us all take our heart very, very seriously and take the word of God very, very seriously. So let's do a quick application here. Be patient. Slow down. Be still. Analyze the situation slowly. Be aware if you get caught up in the emotions of the time, get caught up. I mean, you can so quickly be carried to anger and into murder. So quickly, look at the McMichaels. Just think if they just stayed home watching TV and called the 911 and left it at that. And it just escalated that quickly. And now they're doing the time. Ask, what is my situation? This, when you ask, what is, this, what is my situation? This answers what is happening to you. When did you get mad, mad angry? What was going on to cause it? What aroused your irritation? Who were you mad at? What person, situation, or event made you angry? These questions locate you in the midst of anger. This lets you know where you are in the, in the process of being angry, uh, insults, uh, character assassination, and murder. You want to know where you are on that spectrum at all times. You don't want to allow it to get out of hand. You don't want to be carried away. How do you react? What are your thoughts at the moment? What is going on in your physiology? Uh, are you face turning red? Are you getting heated up? Do you feel yourself getting ready to get enraged? You need to know that because you're going to get carried away quickly if you go beyond that part. What is happening emotionally? What are your actions or your reactions? What is about to carry you away to the next level of sin? What are your motives? Why are you getting angry? What do you want? What are you trying to get out of this? What is it that you cannot do without at that particular moment? What do you most fear? What do you love the most? All of these, your passions. What do you love? I'm, I'm, gonna be, I'm just going to be honest with you. When I had my schedule set for the day, and it's full, and my wife says, honey, will you do this? <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. I hate my schedule being messed up. 
I hate my plans being messed up. I hate my. I hate my. Get my point? Hear all that ink? I hate my. I hate my. You know our biggest problem? My. My emotions, my feelings, my agenda, my schedule, my, my. That's what the problem is. If you stop for a moment and get my right, it won't escalate where it's headed towards. It won't get there. Evaluate the ink. Anger arises out of desires and beliefs that master you and define you. What are the consequences? How much will it cost you to get your way? Are you willing to sacrifice that much to get what you want? Think about the McMichaels. Evaluate it now. What were you hoping to achieve through that? Is what it costs you now worth what you did then? I think not. I think not. If they evaluate it sooner, it probably wouldn't have escalated to that. And we need to be very, better evaluators of ourselves. Then we need to just speak what is true. Well, what is true? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What do you want in this situation, in this agenda? Uh, agenda? Nothing, man. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leaves me beside still waters. What do I need? He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. What can you do to me? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy uh, shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, when, you're, when your schedule is interrupted and your agenda is interrupted, you know what the Bible says? Sacrifice yourself, die to self, and serve others. You have the opportunity at that very moment to be an image bearer of Jesus Christ. And at that very moment, you choose to be an image bearer of devil, of Satan. Listen, our interruptions, that's the time that we shine. That's the time we get to sh show who we're for and the image that we, that, that we bear. Right? How do you turn to God? Well, you turn to God with truth. You be real. You have truth in the inward parts. How could I respond constructively to the situation? Repentance and faith. Uh, behavior changes. Emotional changes. Thoughts. Cut the blood flow off. Put a tourniquet on it. Don't feed it no more. Just, just obey God. You think differently. You talk differently. You act differently. And you become a force for good. Trusting God and his word. What are the consequences of faith and obedience? Well, godliness intrigues all that see it. God blesses obedience in a multitude of ways. And you are an image bearer of God rather than an image bearer of the, of the devil. Listen, allow anger to become your enemy, just like murderers are your enemy. And see yourself as enemy number one. And stop it before you get carried away with it. And I bet you your life will change. I bet you the atmosphere of your family will change. I bet you the atmosphere of this church will change. If we just seek to be bearers of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you that you have plainly shown us exactly what our problem is. It's our heart. And you fixed it. You changed it. And you've given, our, given us the word of God to examine it. And Lord, I pray that we would be good examiners of ourselves. That we would be honest with the word of God and we would believe it over all things even what our own heart and mind tells us 
Help us to bring every thought that comes from our heart and mind captive to your word. Help, help us to examine our life and put to death anything that rises up in our heart and mind that is against you. And may we seek to be image bearers of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring honor and glory to your name. Do this word in the life of our church today. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.